Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider post-barbecue at the Big House. And they had themselves quite a cast of characters under the circumstances, right? A day that, from a fan perspective, was probably marred by the flip, and we'll call it that, of one Mr. Jeremy Patton to Baylor. We will get into the chronology of events that led to that flip and reset the linebacker board a little bit later. Uh, but, I mean, if you talk to the guys who are on campus, the, the prospects, the committed guys, the uncommitted guys, uh, the barbecue was was a very, very strong ev- event. Now, the fans would say, yeah, but who they're going to get. That's <laughs> what so we will get into uh, the Recruiting Insider today with the crew, the best crew in the game, bar none. There's no question about it. Starting off, of course, with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Great, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. All right. And then, of course, one Mr. Bryce Marriage. Bryce, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. We say all the time, folks, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it and review it. Tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. And, of course, if you want the inside intel, the dirt, the dish every single day, go to the MichiganInsider.com for $1. You get in for the first month. Takes you all the way through fall, fall camp and to the start of the season. But the barbecue was the big event to end the month. The big event and big guys were a focus. If there is a, if you want to identify or highlight the biggest need in this recruiting class still on the board is defensive line recruiting Bryce. And uh, fortunately they had a couple of prime targets on campus for them. Like you said, a lot of big, big, big guys. Um, We're going to start off with maybe the biggest Um, Maryville, Indiana, 6'4", 335-pounder, Kenneth Grant. Uh, he took a unofficial, came up in June, really had a good time. Uh, Sean Newell has been really connecting with him, vibing with him. But he came up with his mom for the barbecue, and that was a big thing because his mom, I'm not sure, has been to Ohio State and Wisconsin, his other two finalists. Anyways, he talked about his experience with me, and he simply said it felt like home. He said, I mesh well with all the coaches. I really connect with the other recruits. And he's one of those guys, Sam, that he fits what Mike McDonald's looking for in his 3-4 system to a T. You know, he can stuff, you know, obviously demand double teams. He's a guy in in the interior that's going to be a run stopper. And he's a guy that they've targeted from the jump as a guy that they think could fit this defense perfectly. I feel the same as well. And he talked to me about potentially making a decision. He said maybe in a week or two, if that comes to be true, Look out for Ohio State because they could potentially make a move on him. Right now, I feel like Michigan's in the best position because I don't know if Ohio State will take him with just simply of how well they're recruiting. And Wisconsin, I know they're still making a good push as well. But Michigan, especially after coming off this weekend trip, sits really, really well. Second guy would be Dan Walker, 6'7", 320 pounders from Detroit Cast Tech. Um, and Sam, Steve, we've talked about Dion, I feel like every podcast, but he made the trip back up here. He wanted to see Mario, one of his good time friends, Michigan commit. And he, like he said, is same thing as, uh, kind of grant 
really enjoyed the experience, really got to see the campus and check out everything as well. Um, and with this barbecue, just not even with him, but everyone, it was very laid back, very relaxed. They went to Jim Harbaugh's house, had a swimming party. I mean, this is not your normal, you know, scavenger hunt kind of sort of deal. This was a very chill, laid back thing, had good food. Um, and he's one guy that I think they made another strong impression. Big thing with him, Alabama just offered. So at that point, I know he's top five. Alabama's not in it. He told me he wants to take his official visits, potentially make a decision in October. Michigan still has the crystal ball lead there, and I would say they're still the heavy favorite. But you can't over, you know, you can't overlook Alabama for any prospect. And the third and final guy is Isaiah Hastings, 6'4, 290 from Clearwater International Academy down there in Florida. He's actually from Canada, though. He's from Tr- Toronto, Canada. Um, and he came up with his family. This was the first time ever to Michigan compared to the other two guys. And Michigan, you know, they told him, we look, we like you at the three tech, but you can play the five. You can play all along the defensive line. He's really been connecting with Sean Noah. He's a guy that Michigan looks at with versatility, someone that could plug and play even. And um, he's, you know, racked up the offers recently. I mean, we're talking about Oregon, Miami. Virginia, Missouri, I mean, Florida. He's the guy that's steadily seen his offer list grow. He's just He just moved to the States this summer, so he's pretty fresh to the game as well. But he's the guy that you talk about fiscal freak. He fits the bill, and he's the guy that Michigan got in early, and they, I feel like, is in a good position following this uh, barbecue visit. Yeah, so you know, the question then becomes, you know, how what the fans are going to say. All right, it went well. They, they, they're saying great, great things. Who they're going to get. Two of these guys that you mentioned were on our must-get list. A must-get list that suffered some casualties, right? Uh, Dylan Bell, who we had on the must-get list and who I'm still banging my head against the wall because I knew I knew he was uh, going to Georgia. He was flipping to Georgia. He was silently committed to Michigan. And, man, I got wrapped up and I forgot. I forgot to change my crystal ball. That was like a layup. That's like blowing a layup <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know what's happening? Just forget. That was one of those crystal balls there. And then Jeremy Patton, who we'll talk about a little later, Kenneth Grant and Deion Walker. Let's start with Deion Walker. You know, this was this is a kid whose profile continues to blow up. And you wonder how enamored he is becoming with the process. Bama offers you. Now, I don't care how dialed in you are to a school. That gets your attention, especially a kid like him whose profile uh, has been a little under the radar relative to what his upside is. You wonder if that's kind of getting to him a little bit because this is a huge, huge guy. I still think Michigan leads, but I don't know that his timeline is as quick, Bryce and Steve, as I initially thought. I thought that this could be over by the summer. Now it's kind of feeling like it's going to go a little longer than that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what that's kind of the power of a of an Alabama offer, right? I mean, it's always funny you watch kids on Twitter, and I've noticed this too. And Alabama's earned it with the the championships. All that stuff. kids always report an Alabama offer differently than they report uh, like offers from almost any other school. There's always like it's all capitalized, or there's like a billion. You know, it's just like it's always felt like it's been treated a little bit differently publicly uh, than basically any other program. So yeah, if you're if you're Dion, you've been recruited by the same schools for months and months, and then this kind of comes along. It might take you to you know a second. You might take a step back and think, you know, okay, there's no reason to maybe hurry this. Maybe at least go back down to Tuscaloosa. 
I believe they went down there. They made a trip down south some point this summer, I want to say, to their group that went. Either way, he's also got other offers from some other schools down south as well. So, you know, yeah, if you're if you're Michigan, uh, you know, you're kind of thinking, can one of these guys that we've had, can somebody just kind of drop, you know, and, and kind of get the get this back rolling in the right direction because uh, it's it's obvious it's been frustrating a frustrating July yeah uh, for them for the most part right so so yeah if you're if you're Michigan you're like you know here we not here we go again yet but like let's let's not get down the here we go again trail uh you know especially considering I think of that must get list I felt I think we will probably would have universally agree that Walker probably the most important right. on that must get list in state could play defensive or offensive line. I think there's a ton of value in that regard. And again, a guy that we, it, it's Michigan has led here. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, coming off of uh, the June visit, I believe, when a lot of the official visitors, the Victors weekend, uh, zero doubt Michigan in full control after that point. But here we are, no verbal yet. You know, he's got one of his good friends has already verbally committed in Mario, you know, was also on campus. It's like a lot of things that you think would, be in Michigan's favor, but yeah, it's always, you know, the longer these go on, the, the more uncertainty it kind of creates and, and throwing Alabama into that mix is, you know, not what Michigan probably wants to see. No doubt. No doubt. And so uh, <laughs> momentum to your point, Steve, is it's real in recruiting and Michigan started out July so strong and then it kind of petered out down the stretch. Now, you know, you, that doesn't mean that they aren't going to, the favorites still to get Deion Walker. I think they're still the favorites, but it it would be great for them if, to your point, he can help get the ball rolling in a more positive direction sooner to maybe help lure some other guys in the fold, like a Kenneth Grant. And I'm curious what you think Kenneth Grant's timeline is, Bryce. Yeah, so I asked him simply then. He told me potentially next week or in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get this out of the way. Um, he's, he wants to focus on his senior season. And this is a decision I know he's narrowed it down to Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan. Big thing is I don't think his mom has been to any other school other than Michigan. She came up. She gave that stamp of approval, Mm. Grant told me, about Michigan. She really liked the environment, the academic presentation they had, and everything about Michigan. So, And I think, too, it is close as well to where if she wanted to make a game, she can make a game as well. So I – I like Michigan standing with him, um, with Walker. Here's the thing with him. You have the connections. He's been up to campus, campus more than most guys even. You know, I mean, you talk about connections as well on the team and on the staff with Clank, Hart, Bellamy, McDonald. No, I mean, it's, the list goes on and on. Um, and Michigan, I want to say, is one of his first offers. So I know, obviously, Alabama offer can change things. But at the same time, you kind of have to hope that he remembers you you know, and you've been there since day one, so you hope. And then that long resist, long existing relationship pays off. And then with Hastings, he's the guy, too, that he's trying to blow up. And Michigan got in there at just the right time to where this could pay off to, you know, like I said, he's from Toronto, Canada. You know, and I know right now he's going to school in Florida, but he's a guy that, you know, his parents, he admitted his parents were like, hey, kind of nice that Michigan's right there it's closer to home we could see you as well so overall they didn't get a commit from any three of these guys but they definitely improved their standing with all three the biggest question mark happens to be with Walker and that's just because of the Alabama offer Mm -hmm. 
Bryce, I know you got a scoop, so uh, great insight on the defensive lineman at the barbecue. I know you'll chime back in next week, and we'll see you on the boards, man. All right, guys. Talk to you guys. All right, so, Steve, as we sort of transition into talking about some other top sort of uh, barbecue targets, uh, the guys that people want to hear about, it, it does give us an opportunity to reset the linebacker discussion and kind of talk about those muskets. I mean, Kenneth Grant, Deion Walker still alive. Dylan Bell off the off the board now for Georgia. That's a blow. Jeremy Patton off the board for Michigan. That's a blow. And so let, let's start with maybe recounting the chronology of events, sort of like we did with Jordan Phillips, just to just to give people the accurate information. There should be a no Nimrod rule when it comes to who you listen to for information. This was one that Michigan had ample reason for weeks to think that they had in the fold. So uh, he was a silent commit. Uh, Michigan had requested that he announce that silent commit by August 1st. He came out with a July 31st announcement date shortly after that. And so if you're Michigan, you obviously think that that is a reflection of, you know, that standing with you. Now, around that same time, uh, you were getting a lot of Texas rumblings, right? A lot of, of positive buzz out of, out of Austin. Uh, definitely too much positive buzz not to pay attention to, uh, but you know, not enough to make me think, all right, you need to, you need to flip it. And so uh, a lot of the confidence about that was being drawn from his decision to attend their their version of the barbecue on the 30th, I think it was going to be. All right. So, again, that creating even more buzz. But you, you ask around, uh, you, you get a little you get some concern, but still some some strong leaning. So you talk to the kid, uh, eventually he was able to talk to the kid. And he said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to visit, do that Texas visit, uh, might even do a Baylor visit. But you check around and. Maybe he's telling Michigan what they want to hear, and he's telling Texas what they want to hear, and he's telling Baylor what they want to hear. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. He had a commitment interview done for Michigan with Steve Wilfong. Here's what else I know in Steve Wilfong's story. He said the decision has been, had been done for weeks from Steve Wilfong, another independent source. And here's what else I know. Steve, who is very dialed in with Baylor, Baylor even thought it was Michigan for a period of a couple of weeks. And you say, you know, Steve is dialed in everywhere. So the Texas buzz was coming from Texas. It wasn't coming from the kid. It wasn't coming from Michigan. It wasn't coming from Baylor. Michigan thought it was Michigan. Baylor thought it was Michigan. Texas thought it was Texas. And then ultimately, you had people at the end saying, oh, well, it changed to Michigan. I remember getting a message from Will Fong. He said, what are they talking about? It changed from, from Michigan. The reason why Will Fong change when he did wasn't a sign of the change he just hadn't he hadn't checked on it in a while he hadn't jumped in on it in a while and when he did and confirmed, oh yes yeah, it's michigan that's when he put it in so that that really was the chronology of events not a sign of the change it ultimately changed not for a texas on signing day or, or on his commitment day but for baylor steve it did beg the question because you know the the story was that he woke up and uh, or or friday maybe it was he started to feel like get cold feet and feel like he wanted to stay closer to home you wonder why why not wait 
right? Why not wait to make a decision if part of the timeline was driven by Michigan anyway? And the kid told me when I talked to him about it, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to sign uh, in the early period. I'm not going to sign in the late period. I'm still going to take visits just to be sure. He said, I'll probably sign something close to, to track season, which means his recruitment is far from over. I know a lot of Michigan fans are wondering, does that mean that Michigan will stay in the hunt for him? I'm curious what you think of the possibility of that happening. I should. I would just answer it like I would on the board. With just no, um, <laughs> right? I don't think you know. With, with the way this all played out, I, I think. Um, I think if you're the Michigan staff, I think it gets to a point where you have to weigh the pros and cons of kind of continuing to recruit a guy for that. I mean, for that long. Think of the risks that these schools would be running. You know, by continuing to you know, and he goes somewhere else. And you know you you wanted a line, but now you're out a possible linebacker spot in your class because everybody else has already signed. You know, so for the to kind of openly say you're not going to sign past February, I think may limit his options down the road. Uh, if there are other schools that are still interested, I'd be really surprised. Uh, again, just based on the way this all played out, if Michigan like really aggressively maybe stayed on. I don't know if that if they could cut off contact completely and just move on. Or if you you know keep the feelers out or whatever and just not put too much stock or resource into the ebbs and flows, I I guess you would say, you know I know the way it was told to me a lot a while ago uh, was that this this had some real flake kind mm-hmm. of potential, uh, right. right? I didn't put in a crystal ball for anybody. Our Texas I know our Mike Roach our, our Texas guy does a great job. Kind of felt the same way for a while. It's like this kind of felt like a back and forth type of deal. Uh, you know, so it, it did play out that way. Uh, it's just, you know, it, when, when you're Michigan, kids out of a small town in East Texas, you know, how many, how much more resource do you want to devote knowing that this was so back and forth at the very end? Uh, I just, you know, I think it's in Michigan's best interest to to probably move on here, find take another find another linebacker they like or, or take another one they've already offered. And uh, just kind of move forward. Let maybe let Baylor and Texas duke it out. You know, I mean, Texas has Ted's what he's a couple hours from Austin. Yeah, maybe more worth their effort, right? I mean, he could drive up there, stuff like that. Like that's not. It's a lot different than for those two schools, the other two finalists, than it is for Michigan. You, you know, uh, it's funny when, when he talked about prolonging it. He he's he made it a point to say it's not just about these three schools. Uh, he said, but who else might come in? Was what he said. So to your point, I mean, you you put the effort in here. And when I say we were checking multiple sources, you know, checking with the kid, obviously you got people in, in Michigan circles. You're checking with Will Fawn. What is he hearing? He's able to check in Baylor circles. Uh, you were, We checked with his coach. You know, I interviewed his coach. We had a, an interview with his coach ready for, um, you know, Steve had the, the, the uh, commitment interview ready for Michigan. We had the interview, the podcast interview with his coach ready as well. Alan True. Talked to his coach as well, who told him, hey, he's a silent to Michigan. So we we talked to a number of people on multiple sides, not just one side, not just listening to the Texas folks. We had a number of bases covered and still thought that, ah, you know what, this, this buzz is too much to ignore, especially when you hear the kids say, I'm not signing. That's the part, more than anything else, that makes me say, you know, this is probably – 
it's it's too much of a time suck to to spend when there is a high you're gonna spend a lot of time even if you flip him you're gonna have to maybe defend this kid past the the late signing period right so is it really worth that kind of time energy and effort not to say that the kid isn't a really good talent i think he is uh, but you probably be better suited using that time elsewhere so a lot of that focus steve has been on deuce spurlock the question for me is is michigan gonna go on another linebacker are they really going to expand the board and i think that's a discussion that's ongoing i'm not convinced beyond the the guys that are out there right now or at least lander barton who we talked about on a recent podcast. I know he's slated to come in for the Washington game. But you know me, Steve, I think he's the longest of long shots. You get him on campus, you you get a chance. Uh, But I I think that's the kind of guy that they're looking at if they're going to take another linebacker. I think it it might be a swing for the fences kind of guy. But I'm curious what you think. I mean, it it kind of – the Deuce Spurlock, the whole – the patent Spurlock is is really just kind of – uh, been a microcosm of linebacker recruiting this cycle as far as it just being very back and forth and almost all over the map in a lot of ways. It feels like there's been some back and forth on Spurlock mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. far as Michigan goes. They're enamored with Lander Barton. I mean, we so we've talked about him a little bit, quite a bit last couple. I mean, he he has been that guy at the straight, at the non-edge, at the linebacker backer spot is like he's been their guy. They've been enamored with him for months. They've been working really hard to get him on campus. It hasn't quite worked out. Uh, I know this last trip where they tried get. I think it was the barbecue was where they tried getting him up for. Uh, his reasoning for not coming to the barbecue, to me, made me feel like it was a definite uphill battle uh, for Michigan as far as the reasoning behind his, his non-trip. He will be up for the Washington game, correct? Uh, that'll be their one, I think, really big shot that they're going to have there. But I think we were talking about a little bit before the show. Uh, for me, I think a lot of think questions about linebacker recruiting may actually be able to be answered by the guys that just got to campus for Michigan in the 21 cycle. You have a new coaching staff come, that comes in that didn't recruit Tyler McLaurin, didn't recruit Jaden Hood. We know they like Junior Colson. It'd be really hard not to like Junior Colson. I don't know a coaching staff that wouldn't like Junior Colson on their <laughs> roster. Right. right? But – the other two guys were guys they didn't recruit. It, we, I know it's kind of hard to answer if they would have recruited these guys or not, but if those guys come into camp and perform well and look like they can be guys in this system, it may not make linebacker the dire concern that maybe it felt like it was uh, heading into the 22 cycle. So maybe they do just swing for the fences with Barton while also, and I think this is another thing we're going to see universally across the board, I think schools are going to be evaling the heck out of kids and the senior on senior film is going to be so important. And I think you're going to see not just with Michigan, but other schools across the country, you're going to see new names pop up across the country uh, in senior year, just because of, of camps. It's just more availability. A lot of these guys didn't get a junior season. You know, I think there's some hidden gems out there. So maybe Michigan swings for the fences with Barton while kind of keeping their nose to the ground. Uh, across the country, maybe find a late bloomer type diamond in the rough kind of kid. I know uh, our board and members love those kind of prospects. Uh, you know that Michigan could just out eval other schools, and and if they really feel like they need one and they miss on Lander Barton, then they maybe go that direction. So 
it's it's been a weird it's been a weird three or four weeks uh for the linebacker situation for sure um you know and and so far not to michigan's benefit you know and it's going to be on them to kind of get this figured out and then the other thing too sam is the michael pollard stuff too right right Uh, right? so maybe he's a guy that could slide inside it sounds like that they've obviously at least discussed that or it's been talked about you know so that's another reason yeah and then to that end it does feel like edge recruiting has been in a better spot than linebacker recruiting has. Uh, Josh Josephs just put out his commitment date on October 1st. He has been the top edge target for them basically since the day they started to sit down and eval prospects for this defensive unit, for this type of defense they want that McDonald wants to run. They're battling, what, Tennessee, Penn State, uh, Kentucky, North Carolina, some others in that one. Auburn, I think, is involved in that one too. So if that's if that's one they can win, then maybe yeah, then maybe you just slide Micah Pollard inside and call it a day. I mean, so there are options still where they're not going far down their board or reaching. Uh, it's just there are still like probably three or four real distinct possibilities of what and how uh, linebacker finishes out. Yeah, man, I, it's it's why I, I won't say I'll never say never as far as Deuce Spurlock is concerned, even though it doesn't appear imminent their you know sort of re-engagement there as i said on the board a couple of weeks ago i know that he's still open to michigan he, he didn't totally dismiss them when you know basically you know basically the read was they're going to get jeremy Patton. i mean just just be frank they're going to get jeremy Patton, and then they they pulled off of deuce spurlock there's a, a chronology of events you could see it unfold when they thought they had jeremy Patton in the fold it's like hey this is what we're going to do uh, he's leaving a light on for him. They liked him enough to offer him at camp. They've had a chance to coach him. I think it's like you said. I think they they really are enamored with Josh Joseph at, at edge. They got three edge guys committed. If they're gonna if they're going to expand a board, it's the edge board because they love Josh Josephs. And I think that they are convinced that Michael Pollard can play linebacker. Uh, and so you know maybe maybe so convinced that even if they don't get Josh Josephs, they might try him. Uh, at linebacker because you got two other edge guys in the class. So uh, it, to your point, once again, Steve, you made a lot of great ones. Like always in the, in this podcast, linebacker recruiting has been all over the board, which is why you can't, even if it looks like they aren't on a guy as much right now, that doesn't mean that they aren't going to change course somewhere in the not-too-distant future. So I say leave the light on for him like he's leaving the light on for Michigan, and we'll see if anything develops because he's, he's left the door open for him. But let's get back into the barbecue discussion, Steve. And we've been talking about four weeks, this this barbecue and some prime targets making their way to campus. None bigger than Josh Connerly. He was the guy that when you were talking about who's the big name on campus, it's Josh Connerly Jr. And, you know, he and his dad, as we broke here on the site, they they purchased the ticket for the barbecue at the big house. They were locked in. They wanted to come see it, and they're going to be back for a game. But you know, I talked to his dad. You'll see this story on the MichiganInsider.com coming up, and you'll hear from Brandon Huffman, who talked to the kid. Michigan did themselves a great service getting on campus. So, you know, Sharon had been doing some work there. Courtney comes in, bolsters Michigan's position. The The staff goes for the, the satellite camp out west. That moves the ball a little further down the line. He comes to campus for the barbecue. 
they they they're looking even better. He's bonding with the with the staff and he's bonding with uh with some of the other players. You've seen him talk about Connor Jones. Next on the docket is getting him back on campus. Uh and and maybe that's the key cuz I, I really feel like as we answer this question over and over again, Steve, okay, they look good. Who they're going to get? Who they're going to get? I just feel like a lot of these kids are waiting to see how they do on the football field. How, you know, can is the talk that they hear, the impression that they get, can they feel a little better about that resulting in W's on the football field? That's just my speculation. I haven't heard a kid say that, but that's kind of the reply that I'm offering on the board when I hear people respond to, yeah, they look good, but who they're going to get. I think those kids are waiting to see how Michigan looks on the football field. Well, despite if in Connerly's case, five-star, number two ranked offensive lineman in the country, I think it's going to take more than one visit. Right to win a race, race like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got everybody in the country just about still after him. So if you're Michigan, I, what do we always say? They, they, they've built a good foundation, right? Now now the, the real work, I guess, maybe kind of begins because you're in a position now where I think Michigan feels like this is one they can win. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, especially for a prospect of his caliber, you know, you don't want to commit to a program that's, that'll struggle on the field in the fall just and then turn around to, to flip out, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're not in any, you know, there's no rush if you're in his position necessarily. Everyone's got a different timeline. Feels like Connerly, a kid, hasn't taken many visits, so is kind of probably going to take his time through the process through the fall, see where things lie, uh, you know, as far as that, you know, as the seasons continue and, and teams get on the field. But, yeah, if you're Michigan's standpoint, it is. It's always hard because it's like, yeah, like you said, like, you know, yeah, they, well, they didn't get the guy, or they're not getting anybody. Like, so how could it have been a good, right. good trip, you know? Or how could it have been a good visit? And it's like, you know, I think in certain instances, when you're talking about maybe there's a guy you thought they could close on, and they didn't, you know, maybe, maybe it didn't, maybe it wasn't optimal. The visit could have still gone well, but maybe there'd be a legit question there. But with a kid like Connerly, uh, a you just want to get him there, mm-hmm. and they did that. That's not always easy, let alone on your own dime. You know, that's a, oh, to me, that's always a big win in itself is to get a kid from, let alone all the way across the country, too. It's not like he's coming from Tennessee or Illinois or, or you know, Minnesota or something. I mean, it's a kid coming from Washington State, you know, to get him out here on his own dime. And then, you know, for Michigan to kind of what they've always done, they always do well when they get guys up, right? Like they've, they've, they've usually made positive strides in most recruitments uh, with kids that they're able to get up. You know, and then again, it really just comes down to the play on the field. And uh, that's obviously become a real common theme on the board lately, as it should. But it's a universal rule. It always is. How you play on the field is going to dictate how you finish in your recruiting, you know, how your f- recruiting class finishes out, right? I mean, we could answer every question on the board with that if we really wanted to, because, you know, same people aren't too thrilled where Michigan's at in general. Well, if they win 10 or 11 games, they're going to have a good recruiting class, right? I mean, it's just that's just going to happen. Uh, they're going to get guys they wanted. Guys that maybe weren't as interested before are all of a sudden going to be become are going to become more interested, and then they may be able to finish on a race like a Josh Connerly, right? So, it's all about building that early foundation. Uh, early being a relative term in this one because again, it looks like he's going to take his time. But yeah, no, get him and the family up there. The families, the parents always love Michigan. They love Michigan's presentation. They like the athletic academic combo that Michigan provides. And uh, yeah, like I said, I think the real race maybe starts to begin for a kid of his caliber. But uh, also, in my opinion, I think he's the top offensive line prospect in the country. I said that way before Michigan was really even a big-time factor for him also. So, 
good test. I want to say it's a good test because we already know Sharon Moore can recruit, but this would be a, a Sharon Moore special also, I think, if, uh, you know, between he and Courtney Morgan, right, that's where the real, that connection has kind of helped build that bridge, uh, you know, but a good a good test for Sharon here uh, in his first real year as an offensive line coach. Yeah, Dad was, he was adamant they rolled out the red carpet, uh, he said, from on the field and working with Sharon to, uh, you know, he had a sit down with, with Greg Harden. That was, was really memorable, he said. You know, Dad said it felt like home. It just it, it felt like home minus the hills that you see, the hills and the mountains you see in in Seattle. He said, but for that, you would have felt like you were back home. So Michigan definitely helped itself. Uh, but, you know, it's going to take to your point again. Uh, Courtney said this in our interview with him. He said, you know, when it comes to the Yada region kids – especially the big-time guys, you got to get them on campus more than once. And so they they did not go into this weekend expect or last weekend expecting a commitment from Josh Connerly. This is just a, you know, the first visit in a process of trying to lure him in. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but another guy who we broke the news of his planned attendance at the barbecue at the Big House was Amarion Walker. And so, you know, yeah, you know, Michigan's a threat. Michigan's a threat. Well, it doesn't become real until he, he comes to campus. And he came to campus, he, him and his dad. You know, they have been hearing from Ron Bellamy for a while. You remember Ron Bellamy played for uh, Omarion Walker's high school coach. Come to find out, Omarion Walker's godfather lives up here in the state of Michigan. He came down on a visit as well. Michigan is a threat in this mix, Steve, to, to Notre Dame. I'm not calling it imminent, not saying they're going to get him. But this is a kid who turned down an invitation to go visit LSU recently, uh, you know, right around the corner. And he hopped a plane with his dad and, you know, met up with his godfather here on campus. And, I mean, you look around and you know, Mike, Mike, Mike McDonald and Steve Klinkscale and Ron Bellamy had to be salivating when you see 6'3 Will Johnson, 6'3 or 6'2 6'3 Will Johnson, 6'2 6'3 you know, Miles Pollard, 6263, Ephesians Prysock, who we're going to talk about shortly. And then this kid, Amarion Walker, who's rated as a receiver. But man, Will and, you know, some of the other commanders, they like, man, this dude, three, this dude is a stud. They raved. They were impressed with Amarion Walker and not with how he looked running routes, but how he looked at defensive back. Yeah, not an 88, which I think is where he's currently ranked. Uh, Talk about the length, but also like elite track athleticism also, you know, and then you talk about, uh, you know, safety recruiting has also been kind of a, a funky one a little bit, uh, but you talk about a guy it's, it's meaningful because I think Alabama, right. Is also what they, then they offer him over the summer mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowing he's committed to Notre Dame and then he, he has been listening to other schools, but hasn't necessarily been going around the block, you know, visiting program after program here. Uh, to another one to take a, a trip on his own dime. It's it's very significant. Not sure how Notre Dame is going to feel about that type of situation. Uh, I feel like they're a little more old school sometimes. I, they're not Washington. I think we talk about oh, the kid from Washington that basically got told to leave the class uh, because he visited another program. I don't think they're like in that type of area. But it, I think, I think him just taking the visit increases the chance that you know, the two sides could part at some point. And I agree with you, Sam. I think 
we, I don't want to say weirdly, uh, but weirdly Michigan may be the program in best position. You know, for a kid out of Louisiana who's got LSU and Alabama, uh, you wouldn't necessarily think it turned out to be a Michigan Notre Dame battle, but he committed to Notre Dame in the first place always says that academics uh-huh. are going to play some kind, there's some kind of role, you know, in that regard. Uh, and then that, that's something for Michigan now that you've gotten here, you know, you can lean on that in your end too. If he's having second thoughts about Notre Dame to say, Hey, come up here, you're still going to get taken care of academically. Uh, and obviously, you know, yeah, the, the, the vision of seeing, four, six, two guys in the defensive back, a far cry from maybe years past uh, for Michigan in the defensive backfield. So got to think that uh clink scale. Yeah. Clink scale. Uh, Ron Bellamy, uh, Sal, yeah. Salivating uh, enamored with the possibility of, of uh, reeling in three or four of these types of guys to, uh, you know, and without sacrificing the athleticism, that's the thing. Uh, it's not big and slow. I mean, these guys are, are elite athletes, uh, you know, so you're, especially you're talking about two and Walker and Pollard who, remain woefully uh, underrated, in my opinion. I, I still – I'm not contentious that often about the rankings and stuff, but the, the Miles Pollard uh, thing is just kind of a head-scratcher to me as, as an 87. And, and we've been saying we expect him to move up. There's It's never a guarantee, but, you know, you're talking you – talk, and then you add Prysock into the mix. You're talking – to me, you're talking four four-star mm-hmm. and five-star level type guys, and you throw Will in there who's, who's probably the best of them all. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, and you remember, as we talked about before, when with Walker, his connection to Notre Dame is the connection that he has to Michigan. You know, Terry Joseph was the one that recruited him to Notre Dame, and Terry Joseph is now at Texas. But you know, Terry Joseph and Ron Bellamy both played for Hank Tierney at uh, Archbishop Shaw down there in Monroe, Louisiana, and now Hank Tierney is a Marion Walker's coach. So that gives you, and not to say that you're going to flip them if you're Michigan, but the end that got them got Notre Dame in there in the first place, Michigan now has. So we'll, we'll see. And like I said, you know, Godfather an hour and a half away from campus. If he's going to go away from home, uh, you know, you got to f- imagine that makes that increases the comfort level with Michigan, but we'll have more on that uh, on the Michigan insider.com. Be sure to check it out. That leads us to the final guy that we're talking about. And that's a Fesians price sock. We've been talking about connections Seemingly, for the last few months, we've been talking about connections in this in this podcast. So the connection to Amarion Walker, well, the connection to Ephesians Prysock, Courtney Morgan, and Dad really shouted that out. They came from nowhere, Steve, to get in the mix. And I'm I'm sure you saw Greg Biggins come on the board and chime in. He the feeling from out west is that Michigan is a legitimate factor in this race now. Just watching this film uh, as we're talking about him. And clear, yeah, much like Walker, wide receiver and defensive, a guy that plays a high level at both on both sides of the football. You know, and a lot of times I think coaching staffs want to turn those guys into defenders, right? Uh, a guy that maybe say he could be a little bit of a better receiver at the high school level, but still plays at a high level defensive defensively. And I think they'd argue that your path to the NFL is probably greater uh, on the defensive side of the ball. If, if there's a, a battle between you want to play receiver or defensive back. So, you know, Courtney Morgan's made such a difference. Uh, I mean, we just talked about him with Josh Connerly, uh, Cavante Henry, who they beat USC and Oregon for out West. You know, is it, that's a Courtney Morgan special. And yeah, Prysock's a guy that we've really barely kind of even t- – that's how under – that's how quickly and how under the radar Michigan has kind of come into this race uh, with Prysock. So also a name of the year candidate 
Uh, obviously, uh, great name. You know, it's a kid that I think Michigan fans would immediately latch on to uh, as far as that goes. So, yeah, I mean, it's again, you talk about maybe Jaleel Florence trending downward a little bit, trending towards Oregon. Uh, nice that you can just kind of walk right in and find another four star in California uh, that you can kind of just immediately enter the race with. And again, Jaleel Florence was a Courtney Morgan mm-hmm. as well. So uh, we talked a lot about the impact that Courtney Morgan was going to have here. And and honestly, it's hard not to it's hard to understate uh, just from that type of standpoint, from them entering a recruiting race because of their director of recruiting, because of the connections that they provide. Not something that we've been used to the last however many years on the Michigan trail is, you know, as far as it goes, been more reactive of like the director maybe helping recruit guys that the staff has evaluated or discovered. Well, Courtney Morgan's actually being maybe the guy that is helping find or, or, or networking out and, and getting word about guys that look would look good in a Michigan uniform. And so that that's been a really big change uh, from the operational standpoint, you know, for Michigan is, is seeing, seeing a guy knowing that Morgan is really kind of the guy that not just got the ball rolling, but is really kind of helping them uh, get involved and maybe finish on a couple of these races. Yeah. So it's an excellent break point to segue into the interview that you want to hear. I wanted to set it up just to let you know, uh, you know, the word from out West is independent of Sean Prysock, Ephesians, his dad, and, and then Ephesians. I mean, Greg Biggins is even saying that's the word out there on the street is that, yeah, Michigan is very much in play. So keep that in mind when you're listening to them break down the visit. We will get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And so we're back here on the Michigan Insider with this week's guests, a couple of guys who I would say are, were surprise visitors, at least from the outside looking in for Michigan's barbecue at the Big House, one of the top defensive backs in the country, Ephesians Prysock, and his dad uh, join us this afternoon. So, guys, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. How you doing out there? Man, doing great. Appreciate you guys taking the time to join us. So, first of all, Ephesians, man, I, let, let's just – kind of reflect on the high school season I know it was you know you guys got started in the spring out there in Cali just kind of reflect upon the year and how it went for you on the football field oh man really I was just glad to get back out there um play a couple games with my teammates and um it wasn't too bad now do you remember just off the top of your head what your what your stats were you know kind of highlights from the season um, 
No, I don't. Um, well, Max Preps didn't really post the uh, this last past season, but as far as the numbers went, because I, I kind of keep a good tally, um, we played five games at receiver because he played on both sides of the ball. Uh, six touchdowns, uh, roughly 500 plus yards. And at corner, I say he was thrown to six times all year. Okay. And, uh, one catch (laughs) all year. All right. So, so do this for me. Kind of give me a self scout Ephesians kind of pretend for a second that you're a coach or a scout in the stands and you're watching yourself on the football field. Kind of break down your game. Give me a scouting report. Well, a lot of coaches like to say that um, I'm a really big, long guy that can um, move like a shorter guy in and out of my breaks and um, and getting hands-on, using my length, uh, catching like a receiver, really, on defense. and um, with uh, pretty good speed, makeup speed, um, visualizing the defense, really. I mean, the offense. Um, and, and, yeah. Okay. All right. So is there a player in college or the pros that you sort of compare you to or try to emulate out there? Um, well, I, I would say my favorite uh, defensive back is Jalen Ramsey. Okay. That makes sense, man. One of, one of those longer uh, kind of corners. And so – Dad, when you, you know, from a recruiting perspective, obviously things have have really, really blown up for him. But when did you first start to realize? Was there a moment, it, it might have even been before, before high school, where you sort of realized that, you know, your son was maybe a little different than the other guys out there? When did it sort of dawn on you that he might be a little special on the football field? Well, in this particular family, we're very competitive. So from my oldest son, all the way down to my 10-year-old. I mean, we compete on anything. So it's like, for Ephesians, it was a little different. I rode him a lot. Mm. But around, I'd say around uh, seventh to eighth grade, that's when I started to see, because the boy grew seven inches. (laughs) So I was like, well, damn. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty amazing right there. I'm like, okay. So now he's a little bit taller than me. I'm like, okay over the summer. So I was trying, I just basically got him with some good trainers and had him working out and trying to get to understand how his body just grew so fast. So I guess that's why a lot of coaches say he can move like a shorter guy. Cause he was a shorter guy for a long time <laughs> mm-hmm. and kept that coordination though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you, you fast forward to the here and now. And like I said, profile has really, really blown up. I mean, you got big timers from, from coast to coast, from Ohio State to SC to in between with Tennessee, which which begs the question, when and how did Michigan get involved? I mean, I know that's why people were re- so surprised. It seemed like, you know, you had a top list, and then boom, it feels like Michigan came out of nowhere. So how and when did they get involved? Well, to be honest, Courtney Morgan. Courtney Morgan was at Fresno State. Um, I know Courtney Morgan because he played at Westchester out here in California. So um, he was at Fresno State, and I know that he had an interest in Ephesians uh, as far as his length, his speed, uh, what he can do on the field, physicality. 
But um, I don't, I mean, we never spoke with him or anything, but it was just kind of strange. Then when he got the job at Michigan, he uh, he contacted us and it was just like out of the blue. But then it wasn't because he started to, you know, say, you remember I was at Fresno State and this and that. And then I was like, oh, OK, it all made sense. Um, not to mention that he's really good friends with the friend that, that I played football with in high school. So, you know, kind of just clicked. We kind of knew the same people and it just happened really fast. OK. All right. So you you make it to, to Michigan Ephesians. Give me your give me your thoughts on the visit. You've been other places so you got something to compare it to. What did you think of Michigan? What, if anything, stood out to you during your, your time here? Um, it was a really good um, visit. Um, I love the defensive side of the ball, the coaching staff. And um, the facilities were uh, pretty good. Um, I, it was just really impressive. Now, as far as coaches that you can have, you know – Courtney, but as far as the coaches that you connected with, was there a particular coach that you spent time with that stuck out that you vibe with? Like who among the coaches would you say you came away with a, a stronger impression of a better relationship with? Uh Coach Clink, for sure. Okay. So what what was it about Coach Clink that, that made you vibe with him? What did you take away with him? Um, just from watching film with him to um doing things on the field when I worked out with him. Um just a little the little time we spent together was just a really good learning experience. Now, you mentioned you're 6'3". Uh, now, so I, I know Will Johnson was there. He's about 6'3". And Miles Pollard there, was there, and he was about 6'3". Uh, and I, I think there's another 6'3 dude there. I mean, you know, did all you guys work out? Because it seemed like, I don't know if y'all did any one-on-ones with anybody, but it seemed like it would have been some of the tallest DBs of the country out there. Uh, yeah, we, we all worked out together. Uh, we do know one-on-ones. We're just working on um, press technique, some um, some off coverage, breaking on the ball, things like that. Okay. So, for number one, did you know any of those guys? Number no, two, no. okay, okay, and then number two, the job during the whole time there this weekend. Did, did y'all ever have a conversation about what that would be like if you know you had you know four or six, three guys all on the field at the same time? Um. Not really, but I, I'm already knowing it, it'd be very different and um, in a good way, for sure. All right. So, Dad, you know, you the parental perspective on the visit. Like I said, you guys have been some places. So what were your impressions of Michigan and how how did it stack up to some of the other places you guys have been? Uh, facility is top notch. Uh, we've seen a lot of facilities and they're all good. You know what I mean? But um, theirs is right up there. Everything was really good with with the way they conducted the visit. They put it together well. Um, I like the fact that they're really concerned about life after football. So that that's basically what I that was, that was the most important thing with me. Um, networking and just being around people that were really concerned with his future because you can't play football forever. So that that was pretty catching. You know, I mean, we went to Harbaugh's house and had a really good time. Uh, my daughter actually connected with his mom. So that was like, that was kind of weird. Not weird, <laughs> but in a good way. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. She just walked right up to her and just started talking to her. And they just hit it off like they knew each other for a long time already. Okay. So, so. You, you mentioned that they, 
paid attention to life after football. How did how did they do that? Like, what what did they do to to put a focus on that? Well, basically, they want to know what you want to major in, and they definitely get detailed with how they can help you to accomplish those things, who they can put in front of you. Um, so many successful people that come from there, the alumni is so strong. So, you know, that's basically what they, it's not like they're selling it, but they're just telling the truth. Like, these are the people that came from here. We can get you wherever you want to go, whatever you're interested in. We have this person or that person. So, you know, and I like the way they, they broke down the NIL as far as the marketing side and how Michigan is a, uh, not nationwide, but a global name. So that's kind of, that's kind of major. Okay. All right. So look, they clearly were playing catch up because other schools were, have been on, on you longer Ephesians. I mean, you know, longer standing relationships. So in the aftermath of, of the visit, where do they stand sort of relative to the schools that you have longer relationships with our are they up there? Are you going to take an official visit? Where would you say Michigan is on your list at this point? Um, to be honest, I, I'm not all the way sure yet, but um, they're for sure higher than most of the schools that haven't been hitting me up, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're late. Mm-hmm. So, so Dad, when you let's let's break down for me because I, I want your answer before I hear his. When as you're going through recruiting, I'm sure that there were things that you impressed upon him that you want him to value in the recruiting process. So from a parental perspective, what do you want to be the most significant factors in his choice? Uh, Education first. Can they uh, provide what they say they can? You know, a lot of guys make a lot of promises on what they can do, but um, you basically want to fill that person out and you want to establish something like a, a family type relationship with the person. So you, once you do that, then you can be comfortable with them and then them on a different type of level. You know, when you're speaking to a person and you're not comfortable with them, everything is just general. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, I, I'm really, when, when, you know, the mic is off and cameras are off, me and him are talking, it's basically like, you know, who's creating that family type setting for you? Where are you going to fit in like that? You know what I mean? Whether it has to be close or whether it has to be far. I mean, he's the one ultimately that has to go to the school. Uh-huh. So he's got to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, not only that, um, what else would I say? That's that's basically it. The education part and, and family, because those are the two biggest things to me. Right. You know what I mean? And so, so to you, Ephesians, when you look at it, I mean, what... You know, obviously, like your dad just said, he has some things that he's stressing to you. Uh, Are those the main things you're looking at? Are there additional things? Is distance from home something that factors in for you? Like, what are the biggest factors you're feeling right now that are going to play into your decision? Um, Really just a good relationship with with the uh, whole staff and the uh, players and developing um, that good relationship. Okay. now, have you guys talked about timeline? I mean, are you going to be one of those guys that waits until December or goes into the new year to make a decision? Like, what what does a timeline for your decision look like? Um, we're still working on that, to be honest. I'm not all the way sure. 
Okay. So what about other visits? Do you guys have any places that you know you're going to be hitting up, uh, say, come fall? Um, uh, no, not, not yet. We, or at least we haven't locked in any uh, visits yet. Okay. Now, did Michigan talk to you about coming back for an official, and is that a possibility? Yes. And they mentioned a specific, a particular game? Uh, no. Okay. All right. And so, oh, you, you've been to Ohio State, man. I, as covering Michigan, Michigan fans are going to want to know this. How did Michigan's visit, just the visit part, we know that they've been winning on the field, but how did the visit part compare? Uh, you ain't gonna get me pulled into that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean, I thought about that in ten different ways and real quick, and I don't, I don't, you know, I'm gonna opt out of that question. I hate. But I'm gonna say both schools are great programs, great facilities, great people work there, and that's about all I'm gonna say about that. So, so, not, so let no, me no bad publicity. So yeah, so let me let me focus it this way then. You know, Ohio State among the schools that have offered. So you, you got schools like Ohio State and LSU, for instance, that have won national championships recently. Yeah. Um, you, you got a school, schools like Notre Dame and Oklahoma that have been to the playoffs recently, right? The other yeah. schools on your list, whether they be SC or UCLA or Michigan, uh, Oregon, all schools that are trying to get to that level, and so the question is, how, how, how do the schools that haven't been to the playoffs yet or haven't won national championships recently, how do they stack up or compare? Is that a major factor? That's the question. Is that a major factor in the thought process as you guys are evaluating these schools? I'd say a national championship, everyone wants to win that. You know what I mean? Of course. But the main goal is to develop and get ready for the next level. So, I mean, as long as you can pair up with the DB coach that's, that can get you to the next level, can teach you the right skill set, then um, I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I'm sure, you know, he'd love to put a ring on his finger. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what did you think of Clink scale, Pops? I mean, what did you think? He Ephesians said he liked Clink. What did you think? Uh, Clink is a, that's my guy, man. I like that guy. You know, we hit it off real, you know, because he been calling me and I ain't answering his call. So when we got face, <laughs> you know, he like, you don't answer my call. And I'm like, yeah, you're not recruiting me. Ah, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so we was like, and it was like that. And then, you know what I mean? We, from right then and there, we would, we hit it off pretty well. So Clint oh. is a, I, I like that guy cause he's a straight shooter and, um, he, he broke that film down. I'll tell you that. And he was able to tell us some things about Ephesians like that we were missing because we go over film and we do things together. But when we when we watched it with him, he was able to, you know, point out some small little details that, you know, we were missing. Right. Right. So I, I want this. I want both of you guys to answer this question. How did the distance feel first for you, Ephesians, and then pops for you? How did how did that distance from home feel and sort of imagine what it would be like, whether it's, you know, any Notre Dame, Ohio State? Michigan, what it would feel like having him be across the country like that? Um, I mean, it wasn't that bad because I, I went to Ohio State, like you said. Um, and now that I think about it, distance kind of plays a part of it. But if I can get this dude 
out there sometimes and it really doesn't matter that uh it, it it runs across my mind but at the same time i raised some mature kids man and i trust them and besides it's nothing for me to be down there you know what i mean whether it be you know i'm gonna go to all the games but mm -hmm. you know i can pop up i can do you know what i mean i can come see my kids it's not a problem i don't care where it is i'm gonna go but no i don't think the distance plays that big of a part anymore it used to because i used to be afraid of that but I, as I see that they've really grown into some fine young adults, I really trust them. Mm -hmm. So uh, Ephesians said that you guys were, were still talking through possible, you know, timelines and other visits. Ideally, as his dad, I mean, do you, how ideally would you like it to go? Would you like it to go as, as long as possible? Would you like it for it to be over a little quicker? Like, how would you like for it to play out? Um, I'd say you only get one shot, you know, enjoy the experience, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Develop those relationships. And, um, it's basically, like I said, it's basically up to him. This is, you know, this is, you only get one shot to be a senior in this type of predicament. This is like a, a really good one. Like there's some kids that I know that the COVID messed up their, you know, their year and they're not having these type of opportunities because of that so we're really blessed and fortunate that we are in this situation so you know i'm gonna let him pull the trigger when he wants to pull it you know what i mean yeah that makes sense all right my last couple for y'all we talked about clink and we talked about courtney what about jim harbaugh man what were you, what were you, both of y'all's impressions of of the head man jim harbaugh <laughs> hey she <laughs> could have been there you could have got a picture right <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was like, I like Jim, you know what I mean? I think Jim's a great dresser, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I made sure that I bought some nice little fits so I could look just like Jim, you know what I mean? It was real funny, you know what I mean? <laughs> I have my khakis on, you know, my polo tucked in, you know? <laughs> For real. Like, we looked at each other, he looked at me. I guess he thought he was looking in the mirror, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was funny, man, it was. It was a hell of a moment, I can't lie, so... Jim is a, he's a funny guy. I like that guy. You know what I mean? Uh, so what did, <laughs> what did you think, Ephesians? What did you think of him? Um, well, I like that dude, man. He, um, just from the time I seen him, he really good dude. Um, he seems very like, um, excited about everything. Um, uh, shoot. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, just good first impression. I got you. All right, yeah. so, so this this is my last question for you because you, you're still processing Michigan. You're still processing whether they where they fit on your on your list. You know, de determining whether you might come back for a visit. What are the biggest questions both of you have left about Michigan? Because clearly, you know, there's some things that you you still want to see or find out. What are the biggest things that you still want to see or find out about Michigan? Um. I wouldn't say that we're waiting. Huh? <laughs> uh, um, uh, well, we don't really have any other questions for them. Um, they they came on strong and they had a, a really good presentation. So all the questions that we thought we had, they kind of covered them before we even had a chance to ask them. So I would say that their presentation was well thought out. 
Um, basically, we just want to soak it all in right now and um, weigh out our options and just uh, make sure that we're going to make the best decision for him because it's going to be ultimately his next four years of his life. That makes sense. So, you know, without obviously any guarantees, is it likely that you guys come back on an official? Oh, oh, yeah. We're going to come back to a game for sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Now we're we're not scared to go to Michigan. We're gonna get on a plane. <laughs> it's not a problem. No, I just did. Hey, look, you know, hey, he could be he could be ready to make his choice tomorrow. I mean, you know, you're still figuring out the timeline. He might decide before that and be done taking visits. So that's why I said, hey, man, is it, you know, mm-hmm. is it if he does take more visits and you only get five, is it, you know, is it likely that Michigan gets one of those five? Well, yeah, definitely. He, I'm, I'm sure he wants to go back to the big house. That's the biggest stadium we've seen. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Hey, man, fellas, I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time. All right, go Blue. That is going to do it for this week's edition. Of course, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it on whatever podcast platform they like. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast, and up it'll come. Don't forget, if you like this content, even better on a daily basis over the michiganinsider.com just one dollar get you in for your first month that'll do it for this edition of the michigan recruiting insider you can now relive the best moments of the uefa champions league 24 7 the uefa champions league channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.